No, you're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. My name's right there. Okay, count us in. Three, two, one, go. Welcome to Immigration Light. We are the light at the tent. <laughs> light at that. the tent of the bundle. <laughs> Three, two, one. Welcome to Immigration Light. We are the light at the end of the tunnel, helping you navigate the immigration issues of today. We also try to keep things light around here. Enjoy the show. Okay. This episode has been brought and to you by Prima Fasci. Prima Fasci is the immigration attorney's solution for autofilling forms and case management. With a complete library of forms and a modern and fast interface, Prima Fasci is designed by an immigration attorney to be easy and intuitive to use. Now Prima Fasci includes a client portal so you can collaborate with your clients and streamline your office operations. Sign up for a free 15-day trial at www.primafascinow.com. That's www.primafascinow.com. Prima Fasci. Immigration forms made easy. Go. Welcome. I'm Mike Betzold, co-hosting with James Betzold, our resident immigration attorney, James What's new at Betzold Law? What's new at Prima Fasci? Tell me about your world. Well, let's clear up a couple things about your introduction here. First of all, I am not a resident. I am a citizen. I'm a United States citizen of the world. So. I didn't call you an immigrant attorney. (laughs) I said immigration attorney. You said resident attorney. I did, yeah. Yeah. Our resident attorney. Maybe we should call me the citizen attorney. I am a Mm. citizen after all. We could also call you the tiny hand attorney. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't do that. I'm very sensitive about the size of my hands. Just kidding. He's got very big hands. Yes, uh, I was blessed with chubby fingers. (laughs) Just like all my kids. They've all got my chubby fingers. No, so uh, practice is going well. A couple... You know, really recent developments. We'd had an announcement from, uh, you know, the ICE office saying that they were going to start picking up people who had signed up to be sponsors for these unaccompanied alien children, the UACs, the unaccompanied minors. Right. And, uh, you know, just over the last couple of days, I've had a number of phone calls of people saying, hey, my brother, my so-and-so, my uncle, my aunt, my dad, whoever was picked up and they're being held by ICE now. Uh, and after a little bit more questioning, turns out that they, in fact, were uh, one of these people who had sponsored someone. And at first I was trying to figure out, well, were they just getting picked up because maybe they got arrested for something? Which is, you know, many times it's the case. Someone gets picked up on a drug charge or some other minor criminal activity. But okay. no, in fact, uh, you know, while one of them had a driving without a license conviction from a few months ago, uh, it really seems like this was the sponsor for one of the unaccompanied alien children. So the question is now, was there anything special that can be done? And I think the answer is no, um, not for them. And it was, uh, you know, a little, little bit of a shock to the family. And the odd thing, Mike, was, you know how, uh, you know how ICE can opt to give you a bond right at the outset? Sure, yeah. 
Well, usually they don't, and pretty uniformly here in Detroit, they won't at all. Okay. Um, but a couple of these people, they offered them a $10,000 bond, like, right off the bat, which is a high bond amount because it's a cash bond with, with immigration. But um, the fact that they offered it at all makes me wonder why, other than the fact that I know the jails are full, like the DHS detention centers are totally booked, and I know they've got hearings marked out multiple, multiple weeks. You know, it's like three or four weeks until they get a hearing. Um, but that's probably like the latest as of today on that whole situation. So they're out on bond, but they haven't been deported yet. Well, they're not out on bond yet because coming up with ten grand isn't the easiest thing in the world for the family, but they could be. They could be out on bond, but they would either, you know, probably have a bracelet on, GPS bracelet, tracking device, or, um, you know, they're going to have to report frequently as well. And then they'll have their court hearing at some point. So is this just a numbers thing to make it, you know, the show of force that they're getting out and going after these people? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I mean, they've they've finally been unleashed to go and grab all the low-hanging fruit they can find. And there's no lower-hanging fruit than your list of people that you know are here without papers because right. they signed up to sponsor a minor. Yep. Yeah. So that's hmm. happening. Uh, let's see. Other news. Um, putting the last, some of the finishing touches on the Prima Fasci client portal. Uh, it's been in beta for a couple weeks now, or a few weeks now, and uh, we'll be taking it out of beta probably in a, another week or so. Um, so we're just getting some of that. Some of that final touch is put on there so people can start using that and collaborating with clients. Awesome. Um, let's see. What else is new from the practice? Anyway, um, let's go to the news. Let's talk about some of the things going on in the news. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Did you see that video on YouTube of this guy who was out there uh, extorting immigrants? I did. I, I caught a part of it. Yep. Yeah, I was in... Tennessee, this guy's strapped a couple pistols to him. He's wearing a badge, telling everybody yeah. he's a he's a he's an officer or is he was he was impersonating an ICE agent is what he was doing. Wow. And uh I saw it because there is this uh this guy who's an activist uh on Facebook for immigrants in the Memphis, Tennessee area. And he brought an immigration attorney with him and confronted this guy. And he was just like Look, I am just doing what my boss is telling me to do. I am here, and the people got to pay a bond, or the police are going to come and arrest them for not paying their bond, <laughs> which is not how it works at all. Wow. But yeah, he was all over that, and then, uh, you know, I saw some of the comments on there where people were like, hey, who's who's this immigration attorney there? What's going on? And... uh yeah, sure enough, she actually posted to let everybody know who she was and what was going on. Yes, they reported it to the police. The FBI got involved, and there's there was a warrant out for his arrest then, and he's now arrested and facing charges for, uh, uh, I forget what the exact charges are, but he was extorting people. So he's probably going to face some impersonating an officer charge um, and all sorts of stuff. Criminal penalties, so criminal things. Oh, man. Yeah. Good move, buddy. And 
since these people are, uh, we talked about this in our last episode, uh, since they were being extorted, these people, mm-hmm. um, that is one of the ways where you can qualify for a U visa if you've been extorted or blackmailed or or some of those, a number of other crimes, but those are some of them. So all these people who were being victimized by him could actually uh, could actually file for a U visa if they can get a certification. So wow, maybe send them a thank you note. Yeah, a little thank you <laughs> note. Testify at a sentencing. Please don't be too harsh on him. He, he was really a blessing in disguise. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But he's. I mean. When when these when they were talking to him, he seemed like a really you know, conversational. He was a real schmoozer, is what he was. Really likable type of guy. But what he was saying was, "Look, I'm just doing what my boss told me," and I yeah. think it's pretty clear he was just acting on his own. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so be on the lookout. Oh yeah, it is. It is prime season for people trying to scam. Yeah immigrants or anybody mm-hmm. all right so what do you have for us Mike? Okay. what story sticks out to you this week uh you know i have this story about a jamaican who he so he's born in jamaica came to the u.s with his dad mm-hmm. and uh his dad became a citizen in 2002 and this son at the time was 17 years old which makes him a citizen right mm-hmm so he ends up getting picked up for some drug charges, I think cocaine, uh, in 2007. So he was 22, 23 then, served out a sentence. And when he was released from that in May of 2008, ICE picked him up and held him as a deportable alien. So this is years ago now. I mean, he was released in 2011, and now he's trying to get you know some sort of award for damages, which makes sense. But really, I think the point I want to make with all of this is, is it true that in immigration court, you don't have a right to a court-appointed attorney, correct? Yeah, there's no right to an attorney. It's a fake court, if you think about it. I mean, they'll, they'll say it's an administrative court, so it's not a criminal court. It's a civil court, and you have no right to be represented at the government expense. You can... You can have an attorney of your own, but it's not a constitutionally protected right because they say it's not a criminal matter. So unfortunately for this guy, Davina Watson, and this story comes off of, uh, I think NPR ran this today. Unfortunate thing for him is he didn't have anyone there to really advocate for him that, yeah, he is a legal U.S. citizen and ICE, you have no reason to be holding him. And so because of that, he ended up in ICE's detention, is my understanding, for just over three years, and then had to continue in deportation proceedings for another year after that when he's already a U.S. citizen. So, yeah, bad story, bad deal. And now they're saying, you know, statute of limitations ran out for uh, wrongful imprisonment, which he would have been in detention when that technically ran out still. So... Anyhow, he's trying to get some reparations, some award from the from the court, which was offered to him, but then an appeals court said, no, he's ineligible. Yeah, uh, looks like the, is Davino Watson, that's his name. He was going to receive yep. $82,000 for being detained yep. for three years. Uh, majority opinion 
written by the circuit judge Dennis Jacobs, found no doubt the government botched the investigation but saw no malice in the case's handling. <laughs> well, he hasn't been in immigration court very often. I'm sure he hasn't dealt with ICE counsel before. Uh, let's see. Misidentified Watson's parents, misinterpreted the law. Yeah, so they got the facts and the law wrong, but there was no malice. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And held him for three years, and he continued to tell, you know, guards and the judge and all these people just tried to get get it out that, no, I am a U.S. citizen. Here's the document, you know, here's the... But you know what? Call, call my I mean, dad this phone number and verify it, and they just did a horrible job in their own research and screwed everything up. And so he wasn't, you know, he was, I guess, detained for three years. Yeah. And, you know, on the one hand, feel bad for him, you know? Yep. On the other hand, um, it, the story doesn't say anything about it. Did he, I mean, did he even try to get a lawyer? Was he like, you know what? Maybe I should call a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know, but he, you know, you said there's not uh, provisions for a court appointed. He may not have had the the wherewithal or the money to even do that. Yeah, you know, I'd have to wonder. I mean, if they, if the court misidentified his parents, maybe he couldn't even contact. Them. No, he said he gave them their phone number, right? He gave, like, he gave the guards and maybe the judge the phone number for his dad and where he lived in New York, and they never called that number, which apparently there is some requirement for this basic due diligence, and they were supposed to have done that. And at some point, someone did some research and located the wrong guy who wasn't his dad and said, nope, he's not a citizen, so neither are you. They probably had a had different middle name. Handling it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? Any- and to, I mean, in all fairness to, to ICE, Mm-hmm. Um, and we're pretty hard. I'm pretty hard on him here because it's just to me the most unprofessional, unregulated branch of our government that I think has just a terrible mission, uh, mostly. But in fairness, you know, I've seen in cases that I've handled where somebody makes a claim and says, "Hey, wait a minute, I am a U.S. citizen technically, or I think I'm a U.S. citizen." They actually move pretty quickly. Um, to either release that person uh, as long as there's somewhat of a credible claim. I mean, even if you didn't, there was one case we had where we didn't have like all of the proof that we needed. And it was just a matter of waiting for documents to come in and communicating with family members and things like that. But we made the claim and we told them right away and they were like, okay, tell you what, we're not agreeing that he's a U.S. citizen yet, but we don't know. And so to be safe, we're going to give him, we're going to let him out on bond and we'll just deal with it at the immigration court hearing. Hmm. Um, so they do, at least in this neck of the woods, uh, try and take as many precautions as possible when it comes to something like that. And I think in this instance, he himself may have been a little confused as to whether or not he had U.S. citizenship. So, Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, I think the Second Circuit judge here says it right. Yep, totally bungled. But, uh, I mean, were they trying to hurt him? I don't know. He was in detention for three years. Somebody was doing something wrong. But, moral of the story, if you're ever facing a detention situation, get a lawyer. But if they've already got you and they won't give you a free lawyer, can you still get one? What's the process for that? Uh, Well, if they're not going to give you a free one, 
you got to go to the yellow pages or talk to your buddy who's got an immigration attorney in the same cell and get the word out. Gotcha. Usually it's family members on the outside who will end up communicating with the immigration attorney. They set up a visit and then they go in and meet and take care of it that way. Wow. So. What a waste of three years. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I'll bet he was sober from cocaine by the time he got out. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He may not be anymore. (laughs) Hope he is. So, uh, best positive life changes. Yeah. Go get him Davino. All right. Uh, next story has to do with some legislation. I got this off of the Washington Examiner. I guess they had some sort of special access. Wait, Apparently, ju- wait, wait, wait. We got to give a special announcement. Immigration reform. It's All finally right. happening. It's finally happening. It's, We've waited so long. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna enter a bill into the Congress to reform our immigration system, fix all the problems, and... Bless the world with immigration to the United States of America. And of course, what can we expect? (laughs) So let's start with the biggest problem in our immigration system, which is too much legal, L-E-G-A-L, immigration. There's just too many legals coming over. (laughs) So we're going to start with uh, cutting that from a million down to about 500,000 because one million, way too much. Um, moving right along. Well, and why do we want to cut that? Because well, because we want less family members to come here. Less family members, and there's too much competition for low low paying jobs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm reading here. Well, I'll too tell much, you what. Well, and, and so and the competition <laughs> drives the wages lower. That's what they're claiming. Of course, meanwhile, there's the battle to raise our minimum wage. So well, I would like I to know. make a proposal right now, Mike. Pro- I am willing to hire five very low wage earners in order to make up for this terrible discrepancy and all of this harm that that legal immigration has caused. I'm going to put it out there. All you need to do is send me an email podcast at immigrationlight.com and okay. I will have a customer service job for you tomorrow. And you're saying non-immigrant, right? Because you're trying to make things right for the non-immigrants. Um, anybody. anybody. Okay. Yeah. Leaving it because open. Because obviously if we're having problem with legal immigration, then we're, we're having problem with illegal immigration too. And we got to help support those people. All right. So there you go. You're building <laughs> the economy. As, makes as much sense, right? Yes. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Okay. So that's uh, kind of one of the first points there. Another one is... They want to make sure, this makes me think of Napoleon Dynamite, that, that we're getting lots of people with lots of skills, you know, like I've got <laughs> lots of skills. So I guess that's another part of it. They say, I think it quoted uh, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas saying that only one of every 15 green cards granted are issued for work purposes. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. So if we're taking a million people in, one out of 15, so 66, 67,000 people coming in are only coming for work purposes. And yet we're concerned that they're taking too many jobs and lowering the wages too much because of that. My goodness. You know, and I think it's clear that these guys, what is it, Senator Cotton, mm-hmm. racist, and Senator Purdue, flaming racist, are probably the least educated 
individuals in the Senate on the topic of immigration because, yeah, people can get a green card through employment, right? But that doesn't mean they're coming here just to work. People can get a green card through a family member, but that doesn't mean that they're not coming here to work. Right. You know, it's not like a, just a tourist visa where they're going to come in and just loaf around. No, everybody who's coming in on a green card, darn near everybody who's coming in on a green card uh, has work as like their top priority and one of their reasons for wanting to immigrate to the United States. But they don't pay taxes, do they? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, except for sales taxes and gas taxes and income taxes and property taxes and state local school taxes, except for all of those. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So they pay taxes. That's a good thing. And that was that was the other part I just didn't get. Like, So if 66,000 of these 1 million that we allow to legally immigrate every year are coming for work purposes, so maybe we're assuming that they do come in with really good skills that they have to offer, those people are going for the higher paying jobs. You would think that's what all the fuss would be about. But well, it's not. They're saying yeah. we don't have enough high-skilled immigrants coming in. Yeah, and I mean, what do you mean by high-skilled? Uh, it's such I, a subjective from what I read, term, it, you know? I mean, I read it was actually multiple skills. Like, oh, you got two that want to come in, and they both have the same skill. Well, does one of them have more skills than the other? Again, <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. It's too funny. Well, the thing is, Mike, uh, girls only like guys who have skills, you know? Yeah. Ninja skills, computer hacking skills, nunchuck skills. Bicycle skills. That's the kind of skills we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. No, but I mean, and the reason that it's only if those numbers are correct, which I doubt they are because these two guys look like a couple of idiots. Um, but if those numbers are somewhat correct, it's because employment-related visa categories are much more limited than family. Right? So obviously you're going to have more people who are coming in as family members as opposed to purely for employment on an employer petition because they're already limited. It's part of the, you know, part of the safeties that were built into the built into the immigration naturalization nationalization act. Mm -hmm. um, we can't, we don't let in unlimited numbers of workers, mostly because of unions. <laughs> there was the unions who said, no, kick out all the Chinese because they're working and, and, uh, depressing wages because they're working for so cheap. It's the unions who are always there whenever there's a proposed immigration bill saying, hey, 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 limit the number of workers who are coming and we don't want to depress wages. Gotcha. So, yeah, these two are a couple of buffoons, I would say. Um, how people, how these idiots get into the Senate, like one of the most, supposed to be the most prestigious governing body in the United States um, it's just mind-boggling. It's just mind-boggling. And not to pick on anyone because of their name, but I'm going to pick on one of them because of their name. Senator Cotton. Hmm. Hmm. What color is he? Uh, cotton? I don't well, know. Well, what color is cotton? Uh, before or after it's processed. <laughs> when it's growing on the cotton plant bush. Before it gets picked or harvested. No, he's a white guy. I see his picture here. And he looks about as clueless as the guy standing next to him. 
Well, that's awfully judgmental of you. No, it's just the way that they look. Hmm. And, I mean, judge them by their fruits, right? And in this situation, cotton fruits are just stupid. And Purdue fruits are... I don't know, he looks determined. (laughs) Purdue? (laughs) Yeah. In this picture here on VOA News. Yeah. Now, let's see here. One of the most striking findings of research he participated in with National Academy of Science, blah, 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 that starting in 2020, the only increases in the U.S. labor force are expected to come from immigrants and the children of immigrants. Well, derp, what does that mean? Does that mean we should cut immigrants so that we cut our workforce? Which is going to artificially raise wages and lead to huge shortages? No. Yeah, and... I mean, they don't don't even have a rudimentary understanding of economics. How did they get into the Senate? And I don't think that the U.S. is reproducing at the same rate that we used to. I think it helps to be bringing in more people, right? Is that not true? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, American birth rate is down because we're prospering. And when people prosper, they have less kids. And by less kids, I mean, we're not having 12 and 18 kids anymore. We're having like, you know, one or two. Maybe three. Hmm. Hmm. That would be a very large family in Russia. Three, like very large. Two is even pretty big. <laughs> is that is that just because of uh, what? Why is why is that? I mean, you've been in Russia, so yeah, it's just part of their. I don't know. They don't have big families over there. Although they do have like a procreation day every year, where it's like a national holiday. You get the day off work. And you know what's expected of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, I guess uh, we don't really know everything that's in there yet because some of that was just, I think, more or less leaked tonight. But some of the things that could be in there would be, um, shoot, we were talking about them earlier. Oh, getting rid of the diversity visa category. Yep. Putting a cap on refugees at 50000 a year, which I guess is in line with what we've been taking in anyhow but that may may show up in there as well. So I think that's going to get presented tomorrow. Boy, you know, I think we could do a whole series just on refugees and the refugee process. And I mean, 50,000, I don't know. Does that sound like a lot to you? I think that on average, it is higher than most other countries. I know that Sweden and Germany have had a pretty major influx in the last few years, maybe beating us in that number a little bit. But, uh, and 50,000 people, I mean, that's what, like a a small town, a mid-sized city, small to mid-sized city anyway? Yeah, but there's a lot of people concerned that the U.S. is overpopulated and we need to stop having kids now. They need to, so, start, they need to take a, an RV trip out west and see how much open, vacant land we have or visit Alaska. Yeah, or drive through Michigan. There is a lot of vacant land. We don't want their type in our state. They can stay away. They can they can go through a different state. We'll yeah. Deny them a visa to Michigan. Go check out North Dakota. There you go. Yep. Um you want to talk about the wall? Oh yeah, what's the latest on the wall? Border wall. So update. I guess a budget got passed recently by the House for $788 billion. And within that budget was tucked away $1.6 billion to go toward the wall. 
And this is supposed to cover 60 miles of new wall in the Rio Grande Valley and replacing 14 miles of fencing near San Diego. Just replacing fencing? Uh, that's what it says. I don't know if it's, you know, broken down over time. So it's not building a new what. wall. It's just making one well, prettier. No, it's San Diego, but in the Rio Grande Valley, it's 60 miles of new wall. Oh, okay. Rio Grande. So Texas area, I guess. So, or yeah, California. Yeah. Well, hot air balloons. That'll get you right over a wall. No problem. It'll get you right over. Yep. Mm-hmm. So $1.6 billion toward the wall. We will see what happens. And course notably that uh is from our budget it's not from mexico so hopefully we send them an invoice or something as trump promised yeah i don't know how we're going to be able to afford it i mean isn't isn't spending pretty tight with the federal government right now aren't they cutting things left and right um cutting regulations but i don't know that they're cutting spending yeah probably not What would be great? Oh, this would be awesome. If Trump wanted to write this off as we made Mexico pay for the wall is invite more Mexicans to come in and then say, well, you know, on average, they paid taxes of this many dollars. And over the course of 10 years, they've paid for the wall. (laughs) Yeah, he'll find some some way to justify it and make it look like he made Mexico really pay for it. It's going to fire up the base. All right. Yeah, if his if his presidency doesn't somehow implode for other reasons. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, let's see here. All right, so that's the latest on the border wall, and the Trump administration waives environmental laws to allow border wall construction. So apparently, they're not going to worry about any environmental impacts. They're not going to worry about. Now that's funny because we talked about that. We talked about that in a previous episode, right? And how there were all these birds and whatever, I don't know, snakes, whatever that would be impacted by this big wall going up. And it would mm-hmm. it would impact all of these, uh, yeah, anyhow, natural habitats for a lot of wildlife. And we asked then, is that really going to stop anything? And I believe you said, I think the federal government is just going to do what they would always do in this case and build it anyhow, and that's what's happening. So what's funny is it's actually the Department of Homeland Security. Um, is it John Kelly, I think? No, who... he was. He's the White House chief of staff now. Oh, well, I thought I had just read that John Kelly was the one who waived. Um... Oh, he may have done that before <laughs> he finished his duties there. Yeah, basically waived the environmental restrictions and so that they could move forward with building. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's see when construction actually begins. I'm sure Trump will appear in front of a construction site and I just want to know some racist things. <laughs> will it be big and will it be beautiful? <laughs> I don't know. It's been promised. Yep. Let's see if it delivers. All right. Something that also isn't specifically immigration related. But I thought it was important to highlight um, is that Apple has agreed to remove uh, a number of apps from their app store in China. And so one of the things that uh, that people in China will use in order to access, you know, the real Internet and not just what the, 
their country lets them see. And so they'll mm-hmm. use what's called a virtual private network or a VPN for short. Yep. And so if you hop on, uh, if you hop on your iPhone or your Android or your computer, you can actually set up a virtual private network so that the routing of the traffic really goes, uh, instead of going straight from your ISP to that place, it goes like through a third, what's it called? Like a third party server, right? That you usually you would subscribe to that as a service. Uh-huh. And so what it lets you do, for example, let's say you're in, uh, let's say you're in Europe and you want to watch Netflix on your American Netflix account. Right. Well, they have Netflix. Um, they know geographically more or less where you are based on your IP address. Right. But if you're using a virtual private network, you're able to make it look to Netflix like you are actually in the United States when you're really in Europe. So then you can watch your, your Netflix, which of course is very important. Um, so the other thing that's useful for is if, let's say, China is blocking certain websites like CNN in America or Russia Today or whatever. Um, if you use a virtual private network and you make it look like you're in the United States or you're somewhere else, well, then all of a sudden you have access to those websites that you wouldn't have because of the yeah. government blocking it. So uh, Apple is they say that they're just following Chinese law, but what they're doing is they're they're just being jerks. You know, and so they took these VPN apps uh, off their site. So users in China who've... I mean, people in China, Mike, they're getting um, more sophisticated. You know, there's more millionaires now coming out of China. People are able to have their businesses and grow them and make money and, and prosper. And part of that is just a free flow of communication. And when you when you do things like this to enforce some outdated laws in China uh, that are really human rights issues, if you think about it, um, mm-hmm. it's just it's highly unfortunate. And that, that really sucks that Apple's doing that. I wonder, though, if this, I mean, doesn't Apple make a lot of their product in China? I wonder if it got to the point where they said, look, you don't do this and you're not making your product in China anymore. I mean, Apple's got other places they can manufacture. I know that they've got some manufacturing facilities in Taiwan. I mean, they actually outsource, not outsource, but they contract with, oh, what's the name of that company? Foxconn. Yep, Foxconn. Yeah. And they've got manufacturing facilities in Taiwan, and they're building one now in, I think, Wisconsin. Michigan lost out on that one. Yeah, I just read that somewhere in uh, southern Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know if that was it, but uh, they really should have stuck to their guns. And, boy, you would think that we could have a law in the U.S. that says if you're going to help people... I mean, because what they're doing... Part of the reason that they're pulling these VPNs is they... China's afraid that their people are going to freely assemble or communicate with each other online, and they're afraid it's going to undermine the government in China. Which, I mean, it's not exactly the shining example of human rights. It's more like, you still don't have freedom of religion in China. You still don't have freedom of expression. You don't have freedom of political opinion or a number of things. And to right, be enabling true. that system is just, it's just sickening. Huh. Yep. All right, so. Sometimes, sometimes your government lets you down. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes Apple lets you down. Yeah. Crying out loud. 
I'm disgusted by them, but I'm going to buy their next iPhone. <laughs> you can record video in 4K, Mike, at a higher Whoa. frame rate. Obviously, I'm going to buy it. Couldn't you already do that on a non-Apple device? attorney's solution to autofilling forms and case management. Now with a secure client portal, you can cut down on the number of calls you receive for simple case updates, and you can securely share documents, checklists, forms, your client can upload documents, and you can collaborate on data entry. To sign up for a free trial, find us at www.primafascinow.com. That's P-R-I-M-A-F-A-C-I-E. N-O-W.com. If you enjoyed the show today, go and say something kind about it on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Please subscribe. We have new episodes releasing frequently and you're not going to want to miss them. Thanks for listening.